Hello, I'm your host Giselle Gamby and this is the Intuitive Pool podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you to the community of listeners because there have been breathtaking ripples that have occurred from listening to this podcast and I'm excited to be witness of many, many more. This year, I'm dedicating this podcast to the theme of 2023 being a breakthrough year. No matter how successful, fulfilled and happy we are, and the truth is that sometimes we're not, we all have thresholds we've placed on ourselves on how loving and powerful we've allowed ourselves to be. Following the intuitive pull does not negate our vulnerabilities and our humanness. Oftentimes, following the intuitive pull asks us to see our blind spots and to bring what has been in the shadow to light. And when we do, we can see that being fully human is in fact the precursor to remembering that we are infinitely greater than this mortal body, that we are infinitely connected beyond this time and space, not in spite of our humanity, but because of the intricate weaving of all aspects of our precious humanity. When we take responsibility and remember that you have the power to decide what you choose and we fuse that with a letting go of control and surrendering into the plans that you didn't make, there is nothing that you cannot transform. My wish is that you see that the deeper you go, the greater your wealth in all ways and that authenticity is always profitable. Have fun. Welcome, dear Intuitive Pool community. I've got one of my most favorite people in the world. I actually call her my sister. I refer to her as my sister on this podcast many times. Michelle Richmond, who I co-facilitate retreats in Kenya with. I I have uh, such an intimate relationship with Michelle. We've traveled along this life together for a couple of decades now, I think something like that and um yeah and she's she's absolutely my sister and we were having a conversation last week and I felt really inspired to have a conversation here on this podcast because Michelle's life right now is such an amazing example of the power of going to a place of absolute vulnerability not just a little bit of vulnerability but absolute vulnerability for what it then unfolds. And so be inspired by Michelle's story, allow it to, I feel like it's going to do a bit of prodding and poking in all the best of We love that. We love that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's dive in. So Michelle, where I want to start with, so Michelle and I co-facilitated a retreat in Kenya in May. I think I've been back for four weeks. I would, I could be there today again. Let me tell you. I think oh, I'm missing. Yes. I'm actually really missing being there. Uh, and we were in the Masai Mara in this incredible place. What was the place that we stayed at? The unfenced camp. We were at Il Moran, Governor's Il Moran camp. Yeah. In yeah. A beautiful part of the Mara. Beautiful camp. Yes. Go and Google that Il Moran camps. It was the first unfenced camp that I'd ever stayed in which means that there are no electric fences and there's hippopotamus <laughs> that come up to your tent at night time and you can hear them munching and we had um we had a whole lot of warthog come and play next to us we were doing a workshop outside of our tents 
And about 30 warthog came and they're making a ruckus and playing and fighting and all the rest of it. And then Michelle led a 20-minute meditation and then we opened our eyes and she said, have a look over your shoulder. And what was there? They're all asleep. (laughs) (laughs) In in the middle of the day, unheard of. They'd all gone night-night. (laughs) Night-night. So on another day, I think it was another day. Yes, it was. It was another morning. We were we'd been out on safari. We had breakfast, and then um, and then Michelle shared something with me, and I said, "Why don't you bring it to the group? Do you want to share what you became present to that morning and shared?" Absolutely. With group? You know, you say we co-facilitate safaris together. We co-facilitate life together every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we prod and poke each other and you had prod and poked me and touched a point of vulnerability and what came to me from exploring the question that you asked which I wasn't thrilled about because I was leading the safari organizing everything that we did facilitating and I was like and now I'm going on my own inward uncomfortable journey of looking at myself and going what is that about and I came to the point of um, I felt really sad and I felt ready to give up everything to give up coaching even which has been my life for 20 years and I was like you know I, I could just give up everything and have a clean slate and see what see what emerges just let it all go but that didn't feel delightful (laughs) it felt um it felt good to give myself permission to do that because I never would have imagined giving myself permission of what if you just let everything go and it also I felt very um I felt very sad because my my heart and soul knows that what I do and who I am in that um, creates impact and supports people I love dearly. Like I love every one of my clients dearly. So so letting it go wasn't, it wasn't joyful. So I continued the inquiry with your support. And what was it like for you to share that with our group? I I was challenged because I realised, like, looking back at it, that I'm really comfortable being vulnerable with people I know well. I can be very vulnerable. But this was a group of your clients who I didn't have as intimate relationship with as... um, people I know really well or my own clients and you know I was a babbling snotty (laughs) crying mess it was just uh freeing to go to that level of vulnerability and say I don't know where I am you know if I think about that moment it was I don't know where I am. I don't know, you know, I don't know where my people are. 
I don't know where my community is. I don't know where the people are that I'm here to serve. And I felt, to be honest, I felt in that moment like I'd been creating the online breathwork shop, which I absolutely love creating. I had so much fun. I could have just dissolved into the studio. It wasn't like life was in a bad place. I just wasn't completely on purpose. I'd, I, I don't use that word hesitantly. I felt like I wasn't creating the depth of impact that I'm actually here to make. I was like, there's something more. There's something I'm not seeing. Mm. And I couldn't see it. And the vulnerability is in I have brilliant intuition and I can usually see. Yeah. And I just want to make a point here before we go to the next piece. You know, you were sitting in the co-facilitator chair and I was asking you to be vulnerable because that's where you were at the time. And you and I lead from authenticity, so it's not like as if, you know, we can pack that away and put a smile on our faces and, you know, get on with life. And in addition to that, both you and I also know that whatever is moving through us is also relevant for the group. So Always. What did that what did that then what were the ripples from that you can remember? What were the ripples that happened from you being, you know, you weren't just a little bit vulnerable. And I know it was challenging for you to be vulnerable. And I kept I kept going there and you were like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, yes. <laughs> until I got to that, until I knew that you were you were you were raw and not packaging yeah. into a, you know, something more palatable. What was what were the ripples on the group that you can see? that happened from you going to that place of absolute vulnerability? It was an ultimate sense of connection. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, there were no, um, I wasn't the facilitator. There were no labels. I wasn't the facilitator. I wasn't the, you know, person who put this immaculate safari together and, Mm and ensure that everything was just as brilliant as it possibly could be um, in seeing just that vulnerability, seeing me. I think it also gave other people permission to do the same. Yeah. To like let let, let all the, just let everything go and uh, and go to that same place of, sensitivity yeah and vulnerability yeah 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 and the feedback was they felt more connected like they could actually see me yeah get me you know they they got me yeah because obviously I had this thing brewing for a couple of days that while we're in the car driving around look at lions I'm deep diving inside myself Yes. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, the reason why I wanted to point that out because we could have easily moved on is because I think there's a perception, you know, that if you're in the facilitator's chair that you need to be, you know, totally done up perfectly 
and, um, you know, have it all together all the time and that it's not the facilitator's role to be vulnerable. And, you know, if you go out and have, look at how a lot of programs are run, that's the way programs are, are run. But so yeah. much is missed out on. And I just I just felt really, I feel really, really pointed to illustrate through your experience that you are shortchanging your people's results if you as the facilitator or the leader believe that you need to be neatly packaged and you know perfectly done up and have have no vulnerability I mean that's just such a lie yeah it's because you're following the script then yeah right but when you're totally in the truth in the present in the truth as we know we have the saying me first we always go first yeah and sometimes that first is like that and it was for both of us on that safari yeah going to that level of vulnerability and being seen yeah that in that moment there is only truth and you're in the white space and that white space is like the space of creation yeah because all of a sudden all the white noise drops away and there's only you open up and surrender to like creation in that mm. moment of this is what's not. So what is there? Yes. And that's the gift that vulnerability takes you into seeing the truth. And that the ripple of impact is that energy, the resonance of that energy ignites that in the in up in the people around you. And I know that, like, I've done that when I've had group Zoom calls in my mastermind and things. Like, I can remember being really messy one day, thinking, oh, my God, like, I can't go on the call today. And I went, yes, you do. And I went on the call and I opened up and went, guys, I'm messy today. This is what's going on. And through that exploration of messy, it invited everyone into, and here's the difference, into a really um, fruitful, loving, effective conversation, right? It's not about a pity party or, you know, poor me or poor you. It's actually just about what is the truth that's been waiting to be seen here. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, Being beautiful. invited to be seen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So I think we've made that point clear I love that thank you I know I know that there are people that needed to hear that so where where the retreat is finished I'm back in Australia you're in Kenya and I think it's maybe two weeks down the track probably yeah about two weeks down the track and then uh, Susie Dijong who's mentioned on this podcast so many times sends me a message one night saying I think I saw Michelle on TV last night and then she sends me this link to this I don't know what you call it, a documentary or a news piece. I mean, let's call it a news. Like item. a current affair program, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, an expose, let's say, that had been re-aired, uh, that, you didn't, that you didn't know that it had been re-aired. And it was an interview. It involved you being interviewed, and I'll now pass it on to you. Um, but before I pass it on to you, I just want to say that I then shared, I then messaged Michelle and I said, Michelle, this expose was on Susie just saw it 
And you were like, what, what? And then you completely come undone. So could you please share what that expose was about? Okay. So it was, I did really come undone, which surprised me because it's not like I haven't already like worked through the emotions of this story. And it was this, an interview that I did, I think it was on channel seven about the murder of Lisa Hanum. And at the time, the interview was meant to be an interview with Lisa's mother and myself. And it was meant to be a story that would support other women who are in domestic violence situations. And it turned into something else, to interviewing um, the murderer's girlfriend. And it was a complete farce. But uh, so when you said, oh, they've aired it, and I immediately like felt like I'd been punched in the belly. I was uh, sobbing. Renee was here who does my marketing and media and does everything for me, so much more than that. And she didn't know the story. And she's like, what is going on? So it was very interesting. She was here. She didn't know how the story. So I was like, oh, this is the story. And we lived it a little in short. And wow, the emotion was like I was sobbing. I was back there in that moment. Like what is what is going on? What is this about? So just for the listeners, how did you know Lisa and how, how, why were you involved? Yeah. So Lisa was a client in 2011. I only met her twice. She came to my office. She told me her story, asked me not to write anything down um, or record anything in case her partner found it, and which was interesting. So she had my attention. And I felt very emotive, actually, which I usually don't do. Even in the session with her, I felt emotional. Mm. So she told me her story and a few, not realising that her partner was bugging her phone, her computer, and had videos in the apartment. He was recording everything that she'd done. So he discovered that she had told me um, everything everything or that I at least knew some things and I found out from social services what her legal rights were because she was Canadian and as a result of that he was threatening he threatened to harm me and he threatened um well at that time he wasn't threatening her but she rang her mum and said if anything happens to me call Michelle Richmond and it was very implicit have you written all the details down correctly and the next morning um andy a beautiful canadian policeman was on her mum's doorstep telling her that she was dead and her andy wrote on a post i recently wrote after that that she knew when he arrived she already energetically knew Mm. that lisa had been killed And so it was, I was the only one who had, beside Lisa's mother, her story to tell. And and Andy asked me to go to the police and share what I knew about her story. 
So then that um, report was a major factor in the investigation for the next few years. And subsequently I moved to Thailand because I felt unsafe in mm. Australia. Mm. Mm. When we were in Kenya, you told that story, but not necessarily the details of what you've just told us. You told told us that story for another reason when you were in court. Do you just want to point to that and then we'll go to the unravelling? So the, as with every great challenge, when you live in our world, we can see the opportunity in every challenge. And what that situation did for me, my, our dear friend Fiona, when she saw me, I was staying at her apartment, said, I wonder why something so dramatic had to happen to break you open, what it's here to break open in you. And that was to sit in that courtroom with Simon being questioned by, you know, a lawyer who's trying to get me to say something other than the truth. And I clinically have been diagnosed with like a very limited memory, except for when I'm in an intuitive space, my brain works brilliantly. And in that bit, so being able to sit in the courtroom and repeat what was in my statement word for word was very challenging for me if I was under stress. So what that trained me to do, it was to break through my fear of angry men and to break through my fear of being in a situation like that where I was being challenged and the stakes were high. And my lawyer, uh, she was actually a client friend who supported me through that, said, Michelle, whatever you do, do not look Simon, the murderer, in the eye. And when it came to deliver the line that the lawyer was trying, his lawyer was trying to trick me up on, which was to say that he never threatened me, I, did, I just looked up and I looked him in the eye and said, I will never forget that moment. And so the gift of that was I broke through my greatest fear and my life has changed so much since then. And to the point where the lawyer for Lisa's side asked me to wait back and he's a barrister. He said, look, Michelle, I've worked on the biggest cases in Australia, the murder cases, Ivan Milat, he named a few. He said, and never in my 27 years have the hairs stood up on the back of my neck, but they did when you delivered that line. And he said, did you really move to Thailand because you were scared? And I said, yes. And he said, um, you will never, you never have to be scared. Men like that won't go after a woman like you. You're too powerful. Got goosebumps everywhere. And so I knew in that moment that I had broken the back of that fear and also re-owned my power, you know, yeah. not owned but actually embodied like 
I was, I was, I was going to say back in the game, but I was mm. in, yeah. And my life changed completely from, from that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You've told that story. I've heard that story a few times and you shared that in Kenya and, and then now we're fast forwarding to a couple of weeks. We've finished the retreat. Susie sends me the expose. I send it to you. It unravels you incredibly, right? Right. And then you share with the Kenya crowd, you share that you you shared with them what you just shared with us now. Mm-hmm. But there was a reason that you had not yet seen there was a reason why you share that in Kenya but the reason you could not yet see and yet your your coming undone was absolutely pointing you to see something that you hadn't yet seen yeah yeah exactly like when I was coming undone I was like what is this like I have told this story before in a learning environment with clients like how your greatest challenge brings you greatest strength so I was like, what is in this for me? And it took um, actually sitting with our coach, Daniel, um, and going, Daniel, let's dive. What is what is this here to show me? And what that showed me, which was my big harm moment, was, was that very, if you want to uh, call it purpose, the purpose I'm here to fulfill. And I was originally thinking, oh, my God, it's, and I don't want this to sound wrong, but I know my my dharma is not to work with women in abusive situations. There are other people who do that really, really well. But what I realized is that where my role is, is to work with the young, well, they're not necessarily young, but business people who have, you know, their their creation whatever it is they're creating in their life to bring that to life but they're doing it in an old paradigm of the old business world and so to support people who are successful doing really well but they're not feeling it on the inside or their vision is maybe being swayed in some way because they're not really 100% clear about their intention. They're not aligned perhaps with the people who are their partners, you know, in business. They're not owning that very power that I found in that court case. They're not going to that point of vulnerability that saying what's here about me that's waiting to be birthed so I can truly bring what I'm here to do to life. And it's not about the financial success. You You can be successful and unfulfilled. You know, it's about this is your baby. You're bringing it to the world. You know it's here to make an impact, but 
fitting into the old paradigm of business is not serving you because in the old paradigm of business, it's quite narcissistic. It's quite bullying. Leadership is often on that level about dominating, about getting you to submit. And that submission sees you take your vision off course just by a degree and instead of, you know, the ship sailing on course to the ultimate success, you end up hitting the rocks. Either you or your vision ends up hitting the rocks. And that very narcissistic behaviour that's seen Lisa go over the balcony and I want to say one thing, I have complete peace with Simon. I can see how this situation happened. I have love for him because I know how much pain he actually was in that this actually happened, that he's this fearful, dominant part of him led the movie on that day. And I know that he truly loved her. So I'm saying this from a place of acceptance, not judgment, but for whatever reason, how often leaders in business have ended up playing the role, not just men, men and women, playing the role of um, disempowering others to feed their power of phys- whether that's physically, verbally, you know, covertly or overtly making people less for less than them and that they know more and follow my way Mm. and what that does is follow my way because I know you know I'm more successful I've got more money I've done more Mm. what that does is see you take your ship off course Mm. I remember when we were on a group call as on on our coaches uh, weekly group call and you'd had this conversation with Daniel where you made the connection of the reason why you came undone when you saw that expose again to what you were speaking about now and I remember when you first spoke to it I, I couldn't hear it and I said to Michelle I'm not making the connection Michelle can you can you share again or share it differently And then you shared it the way that you've just shared it now. And I just had the biggest aha moment myself because that's one of the reasons why I left the HR. I used to, you know, was very happy working in HR, but that's the reason why I left HR because I realised that the way that we were responding to the bullying, to the narcissism, to the blame and judgment was not working. And I just love, and, you know, we can... I just want there's a fine line here because we can we can go and do the 
you know, there's narcissism and bullying and um Yeah, that's not dominate. what the story is about. No, right. And then we go become a victim to that and we make it a whole story. <clears throat> that's not where you're coming from. What you're doing is you're saying it exists, it exists, right? This whole disempowering and powering over and squashing exists, but we're not putting the focus on there. We're acknowledging it. And then we're asking for the rising to come and for the embodiment of the power that you experienced when you sat in that courtroom, such that nothing can touch you. Exactly. Yeah. And and then in the acknowledgement of the fact that all of that model of leadership comes from fear, not from love. Yes. When you acknowledge that model of and that's true training, right? That's not actually, that's often the way we've been trained to lead. It's absolutely not about judging that. It's like accepting that that is in some circumstances the way that it is. And we don't even see it. We don't even see it. Whether it's like, yeah, just someone feeling fearful of your success and therefore unconsciously trying to limit you because they have don't have the skills to actually navigate any other way and so by shifting the focus from that sector into a new paradigm of leadership you then become as you said rising above as you rise above the current model and circumstance you invite those around you to rise with you because they can then see there's another way and you know what I hadn't seen until our conversation today is I have a really strong feeling that the consequence of this is that you will you will also be calling in not overtly calling and I feel like this will be a natural consequence and it's because you know you shared before I don't have judgment over Simon I actually have love for him because I can see where it came from I actually have a really strong feeling that you're going to be by consequence calling in the ones who have actually been disempowering the others yeah the ones I, I have a feeling that you're going to have them on their knees just like you were on your knees. Yeah, and I was on my knees. That's the closest I've ever come to breaking point. I was sitting in my car crying, unable to drive. I had to pull over on the side of the highway. Yeah. I was in a car park to go to the meeting. I couldn't get out of the car. I had to call a friend who's a psychologist and be like, I need to get out of the car. I need yeah. to go to a meeting. Yeah. So, yes, I think the invitation here is, you know, in a very raw form is to the oppressed and the oppressor. When there is only love, when there, when you surrender judgment and you embody acceptance, then um, that that's powerful. Yeah. So who would have known that that moment of absolute vulnerability in the Masamara was the first pebble that created the first ripple 
to it was an absolute catalyst (laughs) like like this was not on your radar or was it no it wasn't on my radar at all I didn't I didn't see the correlation that what happened with Lisa is just not about you know people in relationship it's actually in and of the world I mean Putin is the ultimate extreme example of this yeah that's the the far example and there's all the places in between and you and I know that uh, well in my world we are individually being called to bring the gifts that we have to the world to support that that rising that you speak about and in that invitation like it's not selective it's like let's just all rise together and get on with it you know and I think one thing I think thing about safari I we don't see we, we you and I we share a safari but nobody actually can realize the level of impact when we went on the camel trek which was before you arrived the thing that I saw there in the desert walking 10 days in the desert with the Samburu we were the first safari after three years of drought was the absolute level of acceptance. I truly discovered the consciousness of acceptance itself because these people, some people who were walking with one had lost their wife three months before, the other one was a week before, lost wife and child. People were dying because of the drought. Some had lost, one person lost their herd that had gone from 500 to 32. Um, You know, the elephants and things were dying because of the drought. They had no food. They were starving. And the level of acceptance and no story I discovered there was was actually the the gift I brought home from the desert was... uh, absolute acceptance of all things and that means dissolving the axis of good and bad right and wrong it just is and it doesn't mean I just had a, had this conversation with somebody last week it doesn't mean resignation oh no not at all because <laughs> look at the fire <laughs> look at the fire in you right there's fire here yeah. right there's fire to create a different reality yeah that's yeah it's what what is and that's it's a good differentiation I don't know if we've covered this already this wasn't about me healing something within myself you know that ship sailed this was about me seeing something new this was about that very thing I had the breakdown for you know the meltdown this was the breakthrough this was oh, this is what you were looking to see. This is the piece you couldn't see. And I think we forget that, that sometimes when things aren't fully aligned in our life or in our business, it's not because we're doing something wrong. It's because of something we're being. And so what this has invited me is to to rise myself, into and to put my hand up and say you know what guys I'm really great at what I do I have great experience in this 
let's let's get on point and let's do this and again there's there was a bit of um vulnerability and let's take this to a new level but that was only a nanosecond yeah so I think we get caught in the story that when we have a something like like this happen oh there's something I'm here to learn no it's often there's something we're here to see so true so true and the reason why I'm loving your story is because it's such an illustration of like you didn't sit there with your notebook and strategize this out right <laughs> you didn't you didn't sit there with a with a flip chart and brainstorm it out or mind map it out right this is i said this to um the sacred leadership group a couple of weeks ago i drew out um different moments of vulnerability in my life in the last 6 months and then what they led to and as I was drawing it out, I realized actually this is a universal mind map, a universal mind map, not not mind map, not my mind map that I have created with my mind. It's my mind map that I've created with the universal mind, right? This is the intuitive pool. Right. And it's, it's the intuitive pool. It Start is stopping, listening, aligning with your intention, and then making connections. Yeah. Seeing with the intuitive eyes. What is this yeah. wanting to show me? So yeah. I just think it's such a fantastic example, Michelle, of your direction changing. It's not like as if this never existed because I said to you that I feel like all your best work, including your friendship with me, has been to crack the nut where powerlessness to somebody else or something or something outside of self has been the cause of an unhappy re reality. You know, the post that you wrote on Facebook when you were really moved by that expose, I read the comments and there were comment after comment from women saying, you helped me leave a relationship, you helped me leave a relationship. You helped me, as I shared, leave a coaching relationship with a very narcissistic coach that I was powerless to for a few years. You helped me realize that I have the power to leave that and to see the folly of that. So it's not like as if this has not existed. This has been this has been the thread that's been running through your coaching career, but now it's like really highlighted and really on point. Yes, it is exactly as you said. I have worked on this level actually all of my career on some level and now it is it's the focus right is let's unhook from this game old game plan this old paradigm yeah. and create something new that's fun yeah you know? and, yeah and it's for ultimately it's fulfilling it's like do you want to create something just out of and play the old game the old way or do you want to move into not only creating what you love but being who you love at the same time? Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And we had a quick catch-up before uh, coming on to this interview and you said to me that you wrote a letter of resignation 
to yourself this weekend, which I love. I feel like that's going to do things to people, to listeners here. I did after supporting my beautiful daughter, you know, in resigning from a job that she loved with people she loved to going to something that felt more aligned with who she is over the last weeks. I realized and and seeing how difficult that resignation was on Saturday, I felt a bit sad, which is crazy because I leave tonight to go to be with Saimar in the US and I have this great trip ending in Paris and I'm like, why am I feeling flat? And I decided it's okay to feel flat, you know, just, just be still and be a couch potato, which doesn't happen very often. And then the realization come, actually, the invitation was to resign from the role I've been in for 20 years, even though it's in my own business, to step into a new role. And I literally wrote a resignation letter and my gardeners were burning a fire. So I popped over and put it in the fire. It was amazing. It's like in that moment, the energy lifted and giving myself permission to resign from my old life and maybe aspects of myself I had um, not that there was anything wrong with but the invitation to like stepping into any new role is always there's always the new the new territory to discover Mm. I love that I just have a feeling that um yeah people are going to be writing their own resignation letters (laughs) from listening to this (laughs) podcast (laughs) I love it. I love it. I've really enjoyed being with you as I always do. I have a really strong feeling that this particular episode is going to be uh, prodding and poking and um, creating some, uh, yeah, I guess some brutal honesty as well within people. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before I share something to close off? There is nothing in this world that makes it worth playing a small game feeling that one bang Oof, what a way to finish Oof. I love it just yeah there's no words really is it I just it's just it went it went right into my stomach thank you thank you thank you thank you I wanted to complete this episode by sharing Michelle's incredible breathwork series. So I had never experienced breathwork until November last year when I was on Michelle's floor in Kenya. And Michelle took us through and allowed me to be participant because I'd never actually experienced this before. And I just want to say that um, it is... You know, the words that I keep on using is breath work with the right people. I'm not talking because a million people are doing breath work now. And, you know, as you say, Michelle, they're (laughs) 12-year-olds. They've got no integrity with the space that they're (laughs) holding. So I'm talking about breath work with, like, really awesome people. And there are two people or three people, I should say, that I think are the bomb, and that is you, and that is also Troy Methorst and Beck Methorst, his wife. So brilliant people. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, So actually, let me give a plug to them. So if you're on the Gold Coast, uh, they run regular breathwork sessions through Studio 4. I will put details in the show notes. Uh, Absolutely hot. And Michelle's breathwork that I did in November was uh, mind-blowing. 
and not just mind-blowing in a like a fantastical, you know, but in a real practical way, like it totally brought me conviction around the practice of aligning with the universal mind being the most powerful thing you can ever do. If you want a business strategy, that's the one. Go and listen. Go and align with the universal mind. You'll get all the direction, you know, that um, that it, that you ever need. And so Michelle has put this beautiful and powerful breathwork series together. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about it? Like even like with Ricky, how you've actually created it. It's beautiful. Sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it's really beautiful. And, and I say that because uh, in listening to it and creating it to make sure the sound was right and everything, I've, I had my own transformation through doing the session, but it came about actually when... I wanted to record a meditation for a client who's got a really full schedule. I thought this is a great way to support it. Called up Ricky. We went into my dehumidifier room because there was a building site next door. And I talked to Ricky about like coherence and him being in coherence when he writes the music, when he produces it to be in his heart as we recorded it and created the space for that. And we recorded the meditation and when we finished, I was, what came out of my mouth was not what I intended to record. It was completely intuitive. And I said to him, we just created something magical. This is really beautiful. And from that first meditation, we then, um, and we then went on safari and the whole generosity piece, the impact of uh, you sending a simple um, Facebook post and a textbook message about supending, uh, supporting the end period poverty campaign and Kipchunga. It's just the ripples of impact for that have been uh, mine. And so then Live Generously came to life as the, as a eight-week series to create. And under the premise that, you know, we're so good at being generous to ourselves, uh, to everyone else, that when you're generous to yourself, as those people were who invested in coming on safari, the ripples of impact in the external world are effortless and the impact exceeds what you think is possible. And so we just we start the first um, course group zoom call today but um yeah if you're hearing this and it speaks to you i can create anything it's uh we can create something new as you always say anything is possible anything is possible anything is possible you can join right in because ricky and i then created uh the meditations and made it all accessible online so it in itself created its own ripple of impact of (laughs) shifting new website creating an easy accessible portal and creating something that gifts my work and makes it accessible to everyone, which is most important to me. Mm. So uh, ripples of impact are already happening. I'm already getting great messages in and we started yesterday. So Fantastic. So if you're pulled, say yes, jump on and sign up because it's, uh, yeah, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Change your life promise you 
And I'll just say you were resistant to that first breath work course, Miss Giselle. Yes, it was, it's hard work when, it, when you're in that full-on <laughs> breath. It's like hard work to do. Uh, but then you go to this serene place. Oh, my God, like heaven on earth. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so, so much. May your generosity of sharing your absolute vulnerability in that moment of being on your knees that then led to you seeing something that was wanting you to see may your experience create incredible ripples of impact for the people that will work with you and may the people that are listening to this episode the same thing happen for you may it be a great catalyst thank you thank you for the opportunity to share and you know plant more seeds of magic in the world yeah and also just stating the obvious if you're pulled to work with michelle uh, because you see yourself in what she has spoken to i'll put michelle's details in the show notes so you can connect with her there thank you everybody thank you thank you thank you ciao ciao hey guys if you love this podcast i have two requests number one sign up to the newsletter which you can find in the show notes Sharing is one of my superpowers and there is only so much that I can share through the medium of podcasting and I have very big plans this year to be radically generous to you. So sign up to that newsletter where you'll be able to receive a whole lot more that I trust will be super valuable to you. And number two, I'm a massive referrer of the people I love to the people I love. Please share this episode or podcast with the people you love And let's create some more breathtaking ripples of impact.